Hey, this is Mark Marin from the WTF podcast, and you're listening to PF's Tape Recorder, and I've been on that show. It's a good show, I think. I have to, I'm still figuring out how to listen to podcasts. Hello there, I'm PF. This is my tape recorder. Coming up, it's our old friend Lewis Black. This is Beyond Drugs. This is totally beyond them. And, and I mean, I used to do. I mean, I used to do a lot of. Uh, I did, you know, my share of hallucinogens. This never showed up. This type of reality never occurred to me. Lewis, of course, has a lot of fun stuff to say about the current goings-on in Washington, D.C., as you can imagine. Bit of a strange week here in Cincinnati. Uh, Producer Lizzie is battling strep. Uh, She has it again after just getting over it. And she's also battling robots on Overwatch over at the desktop while I'm here on the laptop trying to put this week's episode together. Probably the dishwasher running in the background, trying to get some stuff done around the house. And let me see what else is going on. Oh, yes, we're going to have a uh, song of the week from Declan McKenna. But our dumb bit is going to be, uh, well, it's a real treat for you folks. It's another uh, actual professional piece of comedy. Our uh, friend Greg Warren, friend of the show, has a new album out called Fish Sandwich. And we're going to play a clip from that right now. This clip is called New York City. Uh, As you may know, uh, Greg lived there for a while. He has since moved back to his native St. Louis, but he has all kinds of great stories about living in New York. This is one of them. I live in St. Louis, Missouri, uh, but uh, I just moved there. I was in New York City for the last four years. That's a different place. Here's, here's New Yorkers for you, okay? This should, this should help you understand. I got some luggage when I was there. I got one of those roller bags that you, you pull behind you and the handle broke off. So I had to pick it up and I had to carry it. And I was walking through the city and I passed this guy and he goes, hey, it's got wheels. You don't have to carry it. He thought I was that dumb and he was that smart. Like, In his head, he was like, I see things that other people don't see. I have a gift. I got a shared gift. He said that. He said, it's got wheels. I said, thanks, man. I didn't know what those things were for. This is going to make riding my bicycle a lot easier. I walked outside one day in New York, and there's this guy out there. And he's yelling at this cab driver. He goes, hey, hey, pal, that's a lady. She's a lady. You get out, you open the door for her. She's a lady. I don't know how they do things in your country. He said that. He combined racism with chivalry. He, he, was, he was a chival racist. Uh, I assume he came up during the civil rights movement, but... Uh, <laughs> eating in restaurants in New York is different because the restaurants are small. Everybody's like squished together. If you're eating by yourself, you're not. Like I was in this place, there's these two women at a table right next to me, like right next to me. Like it looked like we all came together, but they're just not talking to me. It looked like beforehand they told me to just sit there and shut up. Don't even look at us. Just shut your mouth and eat. And one of the women was sharing some very personal information with her friend right there. I heard it all. Let me just tell you guys, she has some problems, okay? And her friend said, Megan, thank you. Thank you for trusting me with this information. I'm like, she trusted me with this information. And I don't know the crazy woman, and we can see how trustworthy I am. I'm telling you guys about it. I'm not to be trusted. 
too much stuff is done in public. I was at a Starbucks. Somebody was conducting a job interview next to me at Starbucks. And it was not for a position at Starbucks. If you're going to do that there, I think I have the right to participate in that interview. Good questions, Carl. I'll take it from here. Mike, how do you feel about working for a company that cannot afford a real office? Is that going to be a problem? I was in this Starbucks and there was a guy in there and he had a man bun, all right? Yeah, I know, that was his haircut. I don't even like the woman bun, but that's, that's his head. He can do what he wants with it. But he was complaining real loud to the Starbucks girl because she wrote Carmen on his cup, but his name was Cameron. I was like, dude, you have a man bun. I mean, you're lucky she didn't write Jennifer on that cup. That's just... Lewis Black is a stand-up comedian originally from Washington, D.C. He's probably best known for his Back and Black segments on Comedy Central's The Daily Show, now The Daily Show with Trevor Noah, formerly with Jon Stewart. Uh, of course, you know him from his multiple television appearances as well. He's been a guest on this show several times before. And here now is our latest interview with Lewis Black. I was going to say, it, it's good to talk to you again. I because believe the... the, the well, it's th- nice to talk to you. Third or fourth time we've done this. And um, yeah. I, was, I was thinking about the first time I spoke to you. It was, uh, I think, shortly after uh, the ramp-up to the Iraq War. And we were discussing the, the Bush and Cheney administration. And you said to me, yeah. these people are out of their fucking minds. Could you have imagined what, where we would be today? <laughs> no. This is beyond drugs. This is totally beyond them. Any, I mean, it's not in the framework of. Uh, I used to do. I mean, I've used to do a lot of. Uh, I did, you know, my share of hallucinogens. And, um, <laughs> this never was any of the. None of these. None of what. I, this never showed up. This type of reality never occurred to me. Yeah, like when they say you couldn't have imagined it. I mean, you really couldn't have imagined it, even in. No, you can't. And it's, but it kind of makes, you know, in retrospect, it, it makes some sort of sense because what we're apparently been trying to do, really almost since uh, since the Iraq War, is uh, we don't want to do anything anymore. And we just keep finding new and more intriguing ways not to accomplish anything. Oh, no, we want to kill that brown people. That to be our purpose. Oh, we want to kill lots of yeah, brown I mean, people. Well, you, you know, yeah, that's... Mm-hmm. We've got that sort of. Well, you know, <laughs> well, that, well, we got that, but not really. We just don't want them. Now we do, we've progressed. We don't we don't want them around. Yeah, yeah. You know, so we're we're beyond that. I mean, just the, you know, I mean, the, I mean, from the very beginning of the Iraq War, I was just saying, um, does anybody check to see if we have the money to do this? <laughs> and we didn't. No, if you're not going to tax yourself. I mean, how these people. You know, tr- truly don't realize that the the financial effect of that war. Well, I mean, you know, it, it, it's beyond my comprehension. I mean, the, I, I just the whole thing is really extraordinary. I mean, you want to pick somebody to go to Washington to, to shake things up, and uh, you know, and I get that. Um, sure, but because I agree with it. But you know, you you you, you know, you at least show the common sense 
I like to pick someone who knows where to put the sticks of dynamite. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's weird because I was uh, just saw some random guy on Twitter this morning post this meme about you know Bernie Sanders free college will cost you know X amount of billions and free healthcare will cost X. So I sent him back a list and said Iraq War two trillion, the F thirty five one trillion, uh, military bases around the world between eighty and a hundred billion dollars a year. And he writes back and goes, "Well, two wrongs don't make a right." I'm like, "Well, one list kills people and one list helps people. <laughs> That's the difference. How do people not understand that?" Yeah, they act as if it would have no return for them. Yeah, I guess. And somehow they would get, they would get, if there was really universal health care. And they're all kind of shocked that single payer is the way to go. And they just can't provide that. No, no. That's, that's crazy. That's, that's you know? me talk. Yeah. And that's been, and that's been it from the beginning. I mean, they are so obsessed with nonsense. They had eight years to come up with something. I mean, it's really, you know, appalling and, and they act as if you know they had a mandate to uh repeal uh to repeal it and they didn't have a mandate to repeal it because half the country still wanted it so yeah. what, i mean what planet do you live on more than half there's republicans that still want it we got we got our governor Kasich running around saying wait a minute if you pull the plug on this thing a lot of my citizens are gonna you know and yeah yeah so uh what's even scarier is that there's actually smart people that are buying into this uh, is the worst thing. Uh, you know, a couple of comedians... Which, 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 which smart people? Well, a couple of comedians I've spoken to, Evers, but we, I just got off the phone with Nick DiPaolo and, uh, and then Tim Slagle's another friend. Yeah, but Nick DiPaolo's always... Nick DiPaolo's always been bad. Yeah, well, yeah. You know, Nick DiPaolo's always... He's always felt as if somehow he was... You know, Nick DiPaolo's that, you know, was, uh, never left. And, and, you know, I mean, I get it. I, I, I love... Nick DiPaolo. Oh yeah, hilarious. Yeah, yeah. But he's never, but he's never left his Boston, you know, uh, that kind of roots. Of, uh, so, you know, I mean, that you know, that's always been his politics. Yeah, but uh, you know, he he really believes that the media is out to get Trump and and uh, that we're gonna have a civil war. And I'm like, you don't think just what he's saying is, is gonna is causing him problems? <laughs> okay. But uh, that's the thing I, I, that, that finds, I find most frightening is that, you know, even the people you would think would... Well, I mean, I guess there are some... There has been some kind of weird pushback w- with some people on the right that's saying, well, wait a minute, maybe this is, this, maybe this is going too far. But I don't know. Not, not, not quite enough, I don't think. Mm-hmm. You know, and news is doing just what news should do when there's where Nick is missing the point. I mean, it's... Uh, you know, news is, you know, actually doing what they should have been doing, except that they still aren't doing the thing that they really need to do, yeah. is research. Yeah. But they're not paying for that. But they're not paying for that anymore. No. So, uh, you know, they, you know so, so we don't have it. We, you know, you need long articles that no one is going to read. Um, that, or, you know, just, you know, okay, look, you, you make these, you know, sweeping statements are made about immigration. Okay, well, you know what? I need the facts. So, okay, you tell me how many people are here, and then tell me really how it affects the economy. Yeah. Don't tell me that somebody's losing a job, because in my world um, that, that I know of, the people who are, you know, that my friends, the, you know, for, you know the, the, uh, the, in my world, the illegals that I know that are working, and I don't know them personally, but I know, you know, 
through a variety of people that I know, um, these aren't jobs that people want or will yeah. do. Right. You like fresh fruit? Well, guess what? <laughs> it's like this. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think they have like a, a kernel of appeal to people, though. They, they find the weak spot because especially with um, you know, with illegal immigration, they, they look at people and say, well, look, there's people that come to this country legally and they follow the rules. And if you're a person in the middle class who has always fought, followed the rules and gotten fucked like my wife and I have, then you think, well, yeah, okay, well, that kind of makes sense. And that's how, that, and that's how they get you. <laughs> they, they find that well, like, Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, it's always, you know, somebody's, you know, it's, if, if we don't have a war... Then we spend the rest of our time trying to figure out who's taking advantage of us within the country. Right. Well, and the now fact we... of the matter is, every country has a group of people who game the system. Yeah. What is truly astonishing is is that they seem to you know they focus on those um, who have uh, you know who are at the the poverty end of the right, spectrum, right. Yeah. Of the spectrum. But apparently, the people who are you know he even said he himself for all intents and purposes, said he's, he gamed the system. But it doesn't seem to bother people. It's okay for rich people to game the system. They deserve the right to because they worked so hard and made all exactly. that money. Exactly. They're, they're smart. Exactly. Like my friend Jimmy Dore says, you know. so they, 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 uh, they turned against the, the people. It's all the poorest fault. The people with no money and no power somehow wrestled the economy from the Wall Street bankers and crashed it. <laughs> So, uh, what else is... Uh, I missed that. I missed the... Uh, what did Jimmy say? I'm sorry. I missed I was, that. Oh, uh, Jimmy... Trying to signal me that the, oh, the bus is moving. I see. Jimmy Dore was, uh, used to say on his show, and I see he still uh, yeah. does, he's about the economy crashing in 2008. He goes, yeah, they tried to convince us that the, that the poor, the people with no money and no power, somehow wrestled the banking system from Wall Street and crashed it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, uh, what else has been on your mind with, with these things? I imagine this is, you know, this is still it's 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 good business for you at least. No, it's it's not. It's I probably have the same business. I mean, uh, I mean, it's maybe well, that, in it's, some places it's increased the crowds, but uh, it's not good. It's it's. I feel like how do you look? How do you take something that is really satire? I mean, this reality is a satire. We le- we're living in satire. Okay, okay. Why is it so? Why is it so weird every day? Because it's something you should be reading about in the book. You shouldn't be living it. That's true. It's we. It's a, a dystopian t- society. Uh, yeah. Realized. Yeah. Um, so it what, is, and and it's yeah. Go on. I was, I was just gonna ask what what do you th- it, what what's been the craziest thing in your mind? Has it been the fact that just the fact that he got he elected? Just, the, He's not an adult. He's not an adult. We like that someone is not an adult yet. I mean, it's and there no apparently there doesn't seem to be any real adults in the room. That's what I was going to say because then he, he he topped himself by surrounding him with this just this crazy cast of characters. Yeah, I mean, I said you know, I mean, you you'd be hard pressed to make up a fictional character like Elliot Conway. Yeah, exactly. Hard, you know. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, you don't expect someone in, who's in the White House and close to the president to use the words alternative facts. But if you read it from a fictional character, you'd be going, you'd be laughing. Oh, yeah, yeah. Laughing. Or fake news. Another good one. Yeah, there's no sense. Well, fake news is really uh, just, I don't understand why he doesn't call, but, you know, but of course, why would he? It's, uh, 
it's 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 news you know it's 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 news given to us shittily yeah that's what it is yeah 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 exactly well it's funny you should say that because a comedian friend of mine uh, posted about the Rachel Maddow thing. He goes, well, this is a good example of, of fake news. And I'm like, Jay, this isn't fake news. It's real news. This, those are his actual tax returns. It was rubbish presentation, yeah. and you could you could question the relevancy of two pages of his tax return from 10 years ago. But it's not fake. Nope, they didn't make it up. <laughs> That's... Yeah. Yeah. No, it's amazing. But it's news done badly. Oh, yeah, CNN yeah. CNN is news done badly. Yeah, terribly. You know, I don't need... Well, I mean, you know... They hire eight talking heads as opposed to two people to go and, and, and find out facts. I mean, it just doesn't make... All it is is about interpretation. And in that right, and in that way, Nick DiPaolo's got a point. Yeah. Stop interpreting the goddamn news and give me the facts. Here's what, here's what this means. Here's what that means. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we, like we had this discussion last time, you know, we have the, the, the most powerful information resource at our fingertips, and nobody wants to use it. Yeah. Yeah, so, and, you know, and then people get, get their news off of social media and, and from memes, and, uh, and I still can't believe people, people do that. It's strange, too, because, you're, you're, of course, your former colleague, John Stewart, used to call himself America's uh, favorite fake newsman. But the fake news thing yeah. had a whole different... Yeah, but not fake news in that way. It's about how they've t- totally repositioned that word now. Uh, but they've always been good at that, you know? Well, I mean, the, and the, you know, I mean, they're good at it, and the Democrats are, are inadequate. They're, they're unbelievably stupid in light of everything. Oh, yeah. It's beyond belief. Yeah. But they, haven't learned, know, they haven't learned anything. They, re- they, respond, they respond as literally as if, you know, you know the, the Republicans are basically throwing punches in the air uh, and the Democrats have already thrown the punch and hit themselves and knocked themselves out. And you <laughs> exactly. can say it the other way, too. Yeah. I mean, the Republicans basically, you could also say the Republicans, you know, they they wind up and then they del- you know, and they get ready to throw the punch and then they hit themselves right in the face. You got, that's what we got. You got two two fighters who are basically lying on their, on their backs waiting for the uh, guy who's in the corner to come give him smelling salts. It's a bit appalling. It's just appalling. Yeah. Well, how long? Yeah, you, and what? Yeah, and yeah. you know, and what you learn from Bernie Sanders is that it it works. The uh, what the Republicans have done, you know, which is just repeat the same message over and over. But I mean, the part of what was you know Bernie's it, it, it made it, it, which I found the most difficult with Bernie is it's all he ever said. He just repeated, "This is what we're going to do. This is what we're going to do. This is what we're going to do." And I thought, well, there's other things, Bernie, but the fact is, that got through. Yeah. You just go out and say it every day. Yeah. Cause it, and it's it, what the Republicans do. Yes. They do it better than the Democrats. They do, and like I said, once they find that weak spot, man, uh, they they go in for the kill. And you can't send the, you know, the, you know and, then, and then also, given the opportunity, you pick Nancy Pelosi, again, you got to be kidding yourself. Oh, yeah. Well, let me ask you, how long can, do you think this system can sustain itself? Because we figured, you know, uh, they sent around this thing where I live, uh, and actually they sent it to my daughter who was, you know, was registered to vote. And uh, she's at school, but I sent her a scan of it. And it was, uh, you know, vote, uh, vote Republican on, you know, November 6th, 8th, whatever it was. And it's a picture of all white guys and one white woman. 
And I wrote her and I said, only white people can save you. And she thought that was really funny. Well, as it turns out, we elected an old white guy. I mean, and you're an old white guy. I'm an old white guy. You know, how how long can this system sustain itself? Cause it looked like we were done with it. I mean, we're outnumbered. And I don't, I don't mind. <laughs> I'm glad. But for other people, that's very scary. Well, and it's no, but I mean, you know, it's not. Well, the fact is, is that other people want to do a little better to calm the fuck down. Go back and get rid of gerrymandering. Go back and get rid of stuff that is basically making it impossible for us to come up with candidates who are um, who are ready to compromise, and uh, so that somebody running in a district uh, actually has competition, um, and that uh, you, you know, and that you know, you don't allow the the people elected to decide where the you know where where people are allowed to vote. It's nonsense. Nobody does that, and then. And then you've got to realize, too, that the, I, I believe the most calming effect is, is that, uh, that, I mean, the thing that gets me through is, is what we're hearing, literally, as far as I'm concerned, that, uh, this is uh, the, the, the last, uh, this is the last gasps of dinosaurs passing from the earth. In what way? They're going. It's goodbye. We're oh. dying. Yeah. But, uh... All of that the last group that was totally inseminated <laughs> with the bullshit of the 50s and the, you know, who were, you know, from that kind of madness, you know, that last gasp, this is the last gasp of it. Granted, some of it has certainly been passed on, but the, the ones who literally got the shot directly are going away. And hopefully that makes for, for a better world. I think it will. It, but if they don't take us all down, you know, yeah, they don't take us, don't take everybody down with them, though. No, they're not. So uh, I don't have that. I don't have that paranoia. <laughs> so what? What do you think we I do? I don't. I don't think they do because they're dying. They may kind of take swipes and stuff, but it's kind of like that thing with the, you know, you're in the horror movie and the, you know. The beast has been shot 19 times. <laughs> and then it's still moving its arm. You're going, oh, my God, is it going to get up again? No. I don't know. But then you're like, a couple minutes later, everybody's all calm. And then the arm reaches out from behind the <laughs> thing and grabs somebody. Well, of course. But, yeah. but, you tell, but the fact is, is that, um, the, you know, you know, it's called, uh, you know, it's the, that's why they say where you can end up on the right side of history. It's history. That's true. It's going to be weird, and it's going to be tough, and, it's, and they're making it a pain in the ass. But Jesus Christ, it's it's not like living through a time in which people are digging fucking holes in the earth. Um, you know, they, you know, there's compounds out there, but it's not every neighborhood some jackass is, is building a goddamn bomb shelter, <laughs> and uh, somebody's not allowed to vote. You know, they're trying to bring it back, but there's... Uh, Fucking court cases everywhere to stop the the, the, the idea of voter fraud. Like idiots. <laughs> People don't even want to vote. People don't even want to go out and vote, and they're worried about fraud. Yeah, or or the <laughs> the uh, or the logic of the fact that you know and. I'm, Many people have pointed to the South that, you know, yeah, there was so much voter fraud on the Clinton side, but they forgot to put all those fraudulent votes in the places that would actually help her. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, it, so, it, it, so what do we, we just ride it out for the next four years, you reckon? Because uh, it seems people that, you know, normally 
aren't involved in the political process are slowly coming around and saying, oh, wait a second, this is this is a little... Like my wife, for one, she was never very political, and she'll like see things and go like, wait a minute, is, is this actually happening? Well, yeah, well, it is happening, and what has to happen is, is that um, if you want... It, you know, it's, it, it, the, the Republicans um, it, it took uh, Saul Alinsky's playbook and went back to the communities and basically took over the community government in a ton of places. That's how come there's so many mayors. That's how come there's so uh, many governors. Yeah, yeah. That's where you got to start. Yeah. But it came out of the goddamn fucking radical left's playbook. And it wasn't radical left. It's called community organizing. There's nothing radical about that. So what, how did the left except get... For, except for what it thinks, what people go over, but what that means, no, it just means you get, you know, your, you want your agenda, then you fucking have to go work for it. You pound the pavement. Yeah, I mean, that's it. So how did the left get so bad at using their own playbook? Or did the, did the Republicans just get good at it? You know, the Republicans paid attention, and the Democrats... You know, essentially, uh, the, the, I think the Democrats, you know, thought, you know, that they were, you know, okay, well, we, you know, we're, it's, we're fine. Aha. Uh-huh. Yeah, the, the Democrats got comfortable. There you go. That's always, that's always the Achilles heel. Yeah. And in the meantime, I was wandering around the country, and I realized, you know, these, there are people out there who are fucking really angry about shit. And I wondered, you know, what are they so angry about? And then, uh, and it's because nobody was paying attention. You know, they disenfranchised a ton of people, and those people rose and said, go fuck yourselves. What did you expect? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And now all these other people feel disenfranchised, so now they're going to come back. You know, it's a pendulum. Yeah. It's just going to get faster. Yeah, I think you had mentioned that in our very first conversation. That was going to, and it did, and you're, it did swing back for a while there for eight years. We, uh, it was swinging back in the right direction, and then, and then, bam, we hit a wall. Yeah. Well, I mean, it did what it does. You know, it, it went that way, and then in the in the midst of that, though, the Democrats didn't do anything to fucking deal with regulations in terms of business that they should have fucking dealt with. I mean, I don't understand. I don't get it. They had cars in their deck that could have allowed them to negotiate. You know? And they didn't. I don't know. Was it a matter of they were... We are... Were they in people's pockets? Well, they fucking... You know, they had the cards. You know, you had these things. You you would fucking... You know, you would... you You know, you were taxing... You were taxing your goddamn corporations out of the country on many levels. And so fucking, you, there you go, well, we're going to do this. And in exchange for that, in exchange for us helping you with business, then you're going to do this for us. I mean, that's the way I see it working. Yeah. Well, if we can get it... Uh... But they didn't do anything. No. And uh, well, and and then I guess, I guess that's why you kind of have that backhanded, you know, 
uh, situation of where we where we ended up is that people got fed up and thought, well, maybe this maybe this total nut can uh, go. He he rooked everybody and you know lied about what he was going to do. But there you have it. Yeah. So a lot of people in the middle who maybe weren't as informed said, well, you know, like you're saying, the the Democrats had the cards and they didn't play them. So, you know, maybe this guy's the real deal. Well, you know, and he's, yeah, and they didn't. And, uh, and they wanted it. They were sick of it. So They wanted something to get done. Yeah. And it was, I mean, nothing was getting done. And you know what? Nothing is going to get done now. Well, I think we're, we're going to get done. I think this is what's going to happen. <laughs> no, what was, what's going to happen is we're going to be, now what are we, where are we going to not get it done in court? Oh, that's true. We're all going to court on these things. It's going to be the most litigious forty years of our entire lives. Everything is going to court. Everything. So, do you think you want to do those EPA rules? Good fucking luck, asshole. <laughs> because this state, this state, this state, this state, this state is going to take you to court over it. Yep, California's already planning it. They uh, and they have an exemption to have tougher rules, and they're already planning to fight. Yeah. The cuts, yeah. So, do you think America is kind of like the drunk that has to hit rock bottom before it finally picks itself up? And no, no, it's it's just the nature of a of a democracy, you know, the, you know, of of, of a, you know of of letting you know part of it was letting uh, the Republicans brought this on themselves by letting the tail wag the dog. This all started with the Tea Party. Oh yeah. Forgot about our friends in the Tea Party. And they party. gave the Tea Party more credence than they should have. Absolutely. <coughs> it's, it's funny how we don't hear from those folks much anymore. Although I think they, you know, no, you know, they're, they're, you know, they're, now they're kind of, you know, many of them seem to be aligned with, you know. I mean, it's this whole thing. The Tea Party's partly fed. You know, here's the deal too. In the end. Uh, <laughs> which I was kind of watching the went, oh, that's it. So the whole idea is, is that, you know, the way we're going to save money in the Fed is make the states pay for it. Well, it still comes back to the people to pay for it, asshole. So yeah. figure out how to do it back. Oh, God, that, that whole states' rights thing. Holy crap. <laughs> yeah. What a, what well, a... good luck, because now it's switched. Yeah, and yeah. So now the state of California, which hands out a ton of money to the federal government, is going to go, you know what? Fuck you. Yeah. Yeah, people don't, again, people don't realize, like you said, it's not reported in detail. People see, you know, these one or two nuggets, and they think, oh, well, that's the way it is, and then and they go from there. Yep. Ridiculous. Well, always a good conversation with you, sir. Um, this is probably the most animated <laughs> the most animated you've been in your three visits to, to the podcast, anyway. And uh, so, and the good news is you're going to get, we're going to do a, a, a small piece for City Pages. For your upcoming show, and then a big, fe- big feature in Cincinnati City Beat uh, for the show at the Taft in April. So, oh, that's great! Thank you. So, doing, I'm running my uh, podcast and writing like a business, which is what this country needs. I'm sure you'll agree. <laughs> <laughs> and just and be sure to get a lot of uh, yeah, and get that's really no, that's terrific. Oh, good. Yeah. Okay. And, great. Uh, and I appreciate it. And we're selling more tickets than we've sold in Cincinnati before. That's what I meant. Which is amazing. You know, which is amazing. Yeah, well, I can imagine. And uh, my uh, nephew, my nephew is a huge fan. He posted the other day uh, an art. I think you were 
might have been something where you were mentioned, maybe in the AV club or something, and he goes, oh, I love Lewis Black, he's so funny, and I read, hey, friend of the show, been on twice, going to interview him again tomorrow, <laughs> so he was very excited. So, so and, my nef- my and nephew- if you could mention the fact that we're, do- we're doing this, uh, we do- I do this live broadcast after every uh, show. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, uh, we, do- we do a Q&A, and then I read rants that people have written, and now it's really starting after about 180 of them where it's really starting to roll and people are really writing some amazing rants and they're very personal and some are very funny and some are really uh they're tough and sad and uh, how do people access that again is it through it's your just what? go to lewisblack.com so okay. that'll show you how to do it cool yeah, I remember it's that real from last simple. time I mean, you, you can see and it's called logged in it's for lewis black uh live, lewisblack.com, live, and, and basically, you know, mostly if I'm on the East Coast, you know, at 10 o'clock or um, 9 o'clock Central, you can turn me on on your phone. Thanks again to Lewis Black for being on the show. You can catch Lewis uh, coming up here in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. March 30th. Then he's in Minneapolis for two nights, the 31st and then April 1st. I believe they added a date there because I think originally it was just supposed to be there at the 31st. Then he comes to Cincinnati for a show April 6th at the Taft Theater, then Cleveland, Ohio, April 7th. April 8th, he's in Pittsburgh and on down the line. You can find all the Lewis Black information you need, including tour dates at lewisblack.com. Okay, so we're going to move on to the Song of the Week so we can wrap this up and uh, get this posted. Song of the Week is from Declan McKenna, and Declan McKenna is uh, getting a lot of heat on himself recently here. He's been around for a couple of years. He broke through as uh, he's, I guess, best known for winning the Glastonbury Festival's Emerging Talent Competition in 2015 over there in the UK. Uh, His first self-released single, Brazil, became a big hit uh, both here and in the UK, of course. Uh, It was a hit on uh, Sirius XM Radio's Alt Nation. And uh, his latest single is just released about a month ago. It's called The Kids Don't Want to Come Home. And it is our song of the week on PS Tape Recorder. Hope you enjoy it. Uh, it kind of puts me in the mind a little bit of uh, maybe like a Jake Bug, if you will. And uh, I think you're really going to dig it. So this is uh, Declan McKenna. The Kids Don't Want to Come Home. PS Tape Recorder. So long and thanks for listening. I don't know what I want If I'm completely honest I guess I could start a war, I guess I could sleep on it 